Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 72, A Vegan New Year. I just came up with the title as I'm recording the introduction. Um, this is the first podcast in 2024. We had a nice uh, little break. Daniel and I were both uh, very busy over the holidays and the new year. Uh, so we kick off this episode kind of briefly talking about uh, what our holiday experience was, what we did um, over the break, and then how our 2024 has gone so far. Uh, turns out Daniel has had a very boring uh, start to 2024, and I've had a very horrible start to 2024. So we both talk about why um, why that is. And then uh, I do something kind of interesting. I attempt to convert Daniel to veganism. Now, I'm not a vegan. I eat meat. I probably eat an irresponsible amount of meat, uh, in fact. But I wanted to find the strongest arguments for veganism that I could and then see if I could uh, convince Daniel. And I think I had a little bit of success. Well, you can judge that for yourself. Uh, but it was an interesting discussion on the merits of veganism. Uh, and then we, we do kind of uh, reveal a little bit of, uh, of our opinions towards the end. But I found it to be an interesting discussion uh, and I hope you do too. So please enjoy. Happy New, Happy New Year, Year. <laughs> 2024, baby. Yeah, it is. It third is Space Podcast. Yeah, Third Space coming at you in 2024. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash that. Smash that like, like button. button. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, what's up? Oh, it's, uh, it's Daniel, and uh, smash that like button. Oh man, it's been uh, it's been a few weeks since our last episode. We had a lot lot going on over the holidays. Couldn't yeah. squeeze an episode in. Yeah, it's always like that over but, the holidays. It's hard to get stuff done. It's just like a lot of this and that and whatnot, and that's just that's just how it is. It is what it is, you know. Third rock from the sun. Yeah, yeah. World is your oyster. Um, how was your uh, how briefly? How were your holidays? Uh, and then how's your twenty twenty four been so far? Um, my holidays were were good. I had a a brief potential health scare, and then it wasn't scary, so it was just basically irrelevant and not even worth mentioning. Um, I, you know, not hiding anything. It's just that. That all turned out well, um, <laughs> and uh, and I guess it's like uh, it's like I'm debating in my mind how much detail to go into about just my travels and stuff. But it was good to go home uh, briefly. And got to see some family. Got to see right, some family. And, uh, and you, we got we got to hang out some. We did. We got to hang um, out much, a, a lot of B movies, like a good number. A lot of B say. movies. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Probably twelve or so. Yeah, like we. We really, I mean, for for the audience that doesn't know, like we actually do sit down and watch them. It is a it is the my most upkept hobby. Um, yeah, just is. It's just I don't do anything more than I do B movies. I might read more. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. The, this time we had a pretty good batch of B movies, and for me, I don't know how you've digested 
uh, that week of B-movie binging, but No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan, that really rises to the top in my memory. That was a great B-movie. I'm still very pleased by that experience. It was ultimately satisfying, and I have found that it's not always just ha- about having like a cheap budget it's like that sometimes it's that mid-range budget that's taking a little bit of a risk that has enough competency with the filmmaking enough of a coherent story arc and it just sort of and it still has that charm and maybe like a name like hogan you know who's Mm -hmm. not a professional actor but he is a professional entertainer i'll say that and uh oh yeah yeah and it just brother it was so goofy (laughs) and delightful and yeah an excellent excellent movie and and in fact what's funny is i wasn't particularly excited about watching it and in fact that whole batch of b movies was we we talked about this we kept consistently giving it them high scores and it wasn't because we were on some sort of you know, like, oh, let's just give everything a high score. It was, I don't know. They were just legitimately excellent B movies. It was a nice frequently. batch. It was a good, and I wasn't anticipating them being a particularly nice batch. I guess even yeah. with our expertise, it is difficult to predict the quality of B movie. You can read the back of the covers. You can read a few online people going, "Yeah, it's a great B movie. It's hilarious. It's so bad. It's good." You know, all the generic stuff. But, but. I don't know. Like, there's just a degree of unpredictability with it that is more unpredictable totally. than, say, an excellent film. Like, I can know an excellent film uh, by, by more accurately by doing those things, but not B movies. There's there's some guesswork involved. Even the ones that are sometimes highly regarded or mentioned on lists with other movies that we consider highly regarded, they're just not that great. And other times, there are ones that we just pick up out of a bargain bin somewhere that are you know really pleasant. So. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. That's the part of the joy of, uh, of B-movies. And sometimes I think people um, like will find it fun if there's like uh, errors in the film, consistency errors, but that, that isn't what yeah. does it for us. Okay, he was holding Coke in this hand, and, and then and it was gone, and then it was back. Like That is smirk-worthy, yeah, but like, that doesn't that. go very far. No, I want the one-liners. I want the yeah. bad dialogue. That's what I want. And I want like a charismatic, energetic lead character who just isn't very good. That's what I want. Yeah, you want them That's hoping this the is going to be their movie. breakout role. That's when you're hoping yes. they're like, yes, this is going to, this is going to, and we're watching it, you know, years and years in the future, knowing how poorly it went and seeing their hope. And that's what we enjoy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's kind of mean. Um, uh, so I'm, I am caught up to all of our B-movie watching since I was there, but uh, what's your year been like this far? You, you're back at school, right? I am. I'm back at school. and uh, has, has anything interesting happened this year, or do you have any ground to judge whether 2024 is going to be a good year or a bad year based on what's happened thus far? Uh, no. I mean, I guess... Sometimes they say you should, when you take vacations or you have a break, you come back to work and you should feel refreshed and energized for your job. But sometimes I return and I go, I'm not ready to return. Like, I wasn't <laughs> re- like, I don't know what that says about me. I mean, I certainly appreciate and love my job, but like, I'm not passionate. And we just launched into Macbeth. And there's some good lessons around Macbeth, but the text itself is not a joy to teach whatsoever. Yet I sort of believe in the struggle of wrestling with Shakespearean language, and so it doesn't. And then, the, then the other, the tenth grade, my my, I'm doing an argument unit where it's just like pick an argument and here, let me show you how to do research, and it's it's boring. 
yeah. The, 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 some kids get into it, and some kids are, I don't know what to write about, and you're like, exactly, that's the hard part. So there's no there's no anchor text, uh, and so it, it just d- doesn't start uh, January off with a bang for me. So no, I don't have any other mm. than just kind of a uh, ho-hum, like I'm not as energetic about teaching this these particular texts or yeah. material. So mm. Okay. My 2024 sucks so far. <laughs> okay, tell me why. Um, two things, two things kind of close together have been, I'm, I'm not going to say anything catastrophic. They haven't been catastrophic blows, but they've been pretty disheartening. So as soon as I came back to work after the holidays, I found out that probably my favorite coworker is quitting, is leaving our company. Oh, no. Um, so he, he's like an excellent member of our team. He's like the, the tech lead for the project that I work on. So he's not only a really good guy to work with, he's important to the project and he's leaving. And so that really sucked. He's on my team, my personal team as well. So major bummer. And I got shuffled into his role essentially. Um, So now I'm the one that's going to have to fill in the gaps that he's leaving. And he's like a rock star programmer and, you know, really, uh, just a really great so team while continuing so to do your duties yeah. you have additional responsibilities for a very confident person leaving right yeah right Yikes. so that's it's a lot of additional it's uh, unsustainable right what's that unsustainable yeah yeah um uh well i mean i just there's just no way i'm going to be able to do everything as effectively um and the the major problem is that i have significant disagreements with the direction of the project that I've voiced over time, but because, you know, I'm not in a leadership position necessarily. Those opinions are just, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, Hey, Bennett doesn't like this. What's new. But now, (laughs) now I am in a somewhat of a leadership position. And so now I don't know how to treat my own opinions really. Like, I don't know whether to say, Oh, Hey, this needs to change now because I'm calling at least some portion of the shots or whether I say, I don't like this, but, you know, we're just we're going to continue along on this way that I don't like. So I'm actually in a really weird situation that I've not been in before because of that. It is weird, um, but the second second seems odd. We'll just keep doing things poorly. Because you're, you're not well, making decisions on I like it or I don't like it. You're really making them on I believe this is the most efficient or this this other route is, is less efficient, right? I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. But I guess there is opinion territory in there. So Yeah, there is. It's complicated. And it's more complicated than I want to um, bore you or, or anyone else with. But that, that was how my 2024 started. That was the first thing I learned. By the way, does he have another, is he retiring, getting another job? Did someone poach him? He's, like, I don't get it. He's, he, he was tired of basically doing the things that I complain about you know, not being able to do work and having to go to too many meetings and all of that stuff. So he's going to a different company that's got a smaller team and he'll be able to only program. So he's living the dream and uh, the rest of us are now going to have to fill in all that stuff. So, um, uh, so that, that was the first thing. And then uh, that basically the weekend after I learned that I went, uh, I went, out to my car to go crank it up and get some groceries and my car wouldn't start. Uh, my battery was dead. It was uh. you know, very, very cold here. Um, and so my battery had died. Uh, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll just have to 
get someone to jump me off. So I waved down a neighbor, um, and uh, it was this guy and his girlfriend or wife, I don't know, um, young couple, I don't know, close to our age maybe, and they pulled their truck over next to my car, and I got out my jumper cables and everything, and I was like, all right, you ready? You're going to do the positive, you're red first, and I put on mine. I was like, all right, now you go, you're red. He put his on, and I put on my black, he put on black. Sparks go flying everywhere. He oh. put his on backwards. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And, and like, he didn't notice. Like, he didn't notice. Like, sometimes sparks just fly anyway when you do the last ground, right? Yeah, and yeah. so we didn't know... We didn't know that anything was immediately wrong until the jumper cables started melting. Oh god! The, plast the, the plastic coating started melting, so we like pull them off, and then my car like it was trying to turn over. It was going like, you know. But then after this colossal screw up, it wouldn't even attempt that. Um, what? Ha yeah, I don't know what even happens <laughs> in this. And so, and and like, right? I didn't know. I, I just know that that's really bad. That's all I know too. Is like, to don't do, do it. This is it. Could the stuff could explode while you're doing it? That's what I actually pictured. Is just like the battery, yep. like going and like knocking the cords off. That's what I pictured, honestly. Right. I know that really bad stuff can happen, and so we we swap. We used some of his jumper cables and eventually swapped them the right way, but nothing we did would get my car to crank again. So he kind of skedaddled out of there. He was kind of like, all right, well, uh, you know, good luck. Was man, he sufficiently whatever. embarrassed? No, he was not sufficiently embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> he should have been yeah. much. His girlfriend or wife or whatever should have said, I'm done with you. Like, <laughs> this is over. You and me, we're done. I'm not a lesbian, so I'm not dating a woman who doesn't know how to jump off a car. That's what should have happened, but it yeah. didn't. They both got in their truck and drove off. So I was left uh, without groceries and with my car unable to crank on like a super cold, snow-filled morning. Um, and so I figure, okay, well, what can I do? Like the, I, I figure what happened is that my battery just got totally destroyed. Yeah. Right? And so I just need a new, a new battery. So I waved down another neighbor uh, and made them really uncomfortable while I said, hey, listen, my car is, you know, won't start and I need a new battery. Can you take me to AutoZone? Basically, um, <laughs> and so I had a really, really? nice neighbor. That's, yeah, yeah, bold. Yeah, I had a I had a re really nice neighbor just drive me over to AutoZone. It's only like a mile away. Okay, um, and uh, bought a new battery, and then this person said they they had somewhere to be, so they couldn't drive me back. Um, and so I was really uncomfortable trying to flag down another stranger that you know that's not even a neighbor at this time. So I was just so I was just like, yeah, I'll just walk, I'll just walk back. And yeah, that's too much. Is this, like, could you have Ubered? I mean, like, I that... could have Ubered, but I looked up the Uber prices and it was like fifteen dollars one way to the one mile away AutoZone. Yeah, and it wouldn't let me do a round trip. And so I'm like, screw Uber, like, yeah, I'm not dealing with that crap. So I walked back. So I lugged the battery back a mile in the snow like i felt really pitiful walking by the down the road holding this like <laughs> battery yeah. people driving by in the s splashing snow around and it's just like this sucks 2024 sucks <laughs> but it wasn't over i made it back to my car and i removed my old battery and installed the new battery and hooked it all up and it still wouldn't start oh, even no. after all that it wouldn't even attempt to turn over so you're so nervous. Then I was like, like if you, is your car screwed up like royally, or is it just kind of screwed yeah. up? But either way, it's either it's on a range of screwed up now. You know, like it I, is some some like we're now past the part 
the the things that I am comfortable doing. You know, like I can I can deal with oil stuff and tire stuff and battery stuff in my car, but like I'm not a mechanic past that. I figured, okay, this is an electrical problem. Maybe some fuses blew or something. And so I looked right. around at fuses and there's a big fuse thing that actually attaches to the battery. And one of the little things was smoky on there. And so I figured, aha, this must be it. Smart. This fuse blew. Yeah. Um, and so I called like the, the dealership that happens to be in town, the service center uh, in town for my car and asked them what they thought. And they were, didn't give me too helpful answers. So ultimately I was like, okay, well, I can't fix this myself. I, I did look online and see if I could replace that fuse, but I couldn't find it except for on eBay. And I didn't want to deal with all that. So it's like, okay, well, I'll just take it to the service place and get get them to fix it and I'll, I'll just have to pay more money. So I, the rest of the story isn't as interesting. I just, I did have to do that. I used uh, like Geico's roadside assistance thing, which I never really thought about before, but it adds like $2 onto your insurance and you can just get some, you can just get towed to a service place yeah. and it's kind of like Uber, Uber for tow trucks. And it was actually extremely convenient and I didn't have to pay for it and it's like not going to make my insurance go up. So, uh, I didn't know that really existed or I never thought about it before, but it was very helpful. Um, but you could so yeah, you long just story add short, it on or you already had it? It was, it's already on my insurance. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I guess I just put it on there because when I was setting up my insurance, I was like, oh, this emergency roadside service for like $2 might as well in case I ever need it. And I did need it. And it And it was worked. totally worth so, it. Yeah, I love that. But yeah. yeah, it turns out it was that fuse thing and like three other fuses blew. And so they replaced that. And now my, now my car is back in business. You should, but you should, it just kind of sucked. However much that costs, so. you should just find that guy and ask him to pay the, the good Samaritan, the good idiot Samaritan. <laughs> Right. I ugh. I mean, it, it's a weird situation, right? Because they were really nice and they, you know, I took time out of their day for them to come over and jump my car off. But then they were freaking stupid and wrecked my battery. I um, wouldn't even instruct so what do you do? someone to be like, remember, red to red. I wouldn't even say it to them or anything, right? Because well, it's just I so mean, you just, known. It's just, it just is known. It's like, I know. It's like I, it helping is. someone I gas going, their car up like, and talking about how right. to do it. It's like, I don't know. It's just something we yes. know. It's so obvious. And like, uh, may, maybe this is a future lesson. Maybe I'll just say, "Oh, you're gonna help me. You're gonna help jump my car off. Thank you. You stand over there, and I'll take care of it." But like, I don't want to like go digging around in their hood, right, and clamping the clamps right. onto their battery. Like, I I feel like that's their job to do their end, and my job to do my end. Yeah. But he just messed it up. So. Yikes. Jeez. Well, that's not all. That's not all that's gone wrong in my 2024 <laughs> so far. So as if like the number one coworker leaving and my car getting screwed up wasn't bad enough, here's what you might think would be a, a nice counterbalance to 2024. So I matched with a, uh, a really cute girl on one of the dating apps, and um, our conversation was going really well. We had a lot of uh, overlapping goals and values, yeah. and... Every, everything progressed in what I would say is nearly an ideal way. So we moved off the app pretty quickly. And then... There's not um, red flags about being a fake, like, whatever. No, okay. no, 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 not at all. Definitely not a fake person. Um, and so I suggested we just talk on the phone because it's easier than texting. And, you know, you can get to know each other better that way. So we had a nice, like, hour and a half long conversation. It was really fun. 
There was no like downtime or anything. We had a lot of jokes, had a ton of stuff in common. Everything was great. Um, and then, you know, like two days go by and it's obvious we still want to talk to each other. So we talk again on the phone, another hour and a half conversation, really great again. I don't, I'm asking about deal breakers, right? Like I'm trying to mess this up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I can't do it. Like I can't find anything wrong. She kind of did the same thing. So I'm like really excited at this point. This is like while I'm going through all the car stuff. So I'm like, yeah, oh, you know what? The car stuff is no big deal if this is going to counterbalance it. Right. So after those conversations, um, I was like, you know, I sent her a message and said like, oh, things are going so good. I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you. So let's, you know, let's try to meet up and go on a date. And she said, yeah, that sounds great. Let's try to work something out. And that was last Tuesday. And I've never, I haven't heard anything <laughs> from what? her again. What? <laughs> And that's and so I sent like a couple of messages. That's not what I pictured the end of the story. I mean, I, I mean, it, what? Right. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Like I sent a couple of messages in the intervening time, saying, "Oh, you know, what's your schedule this weekend? You're off for Martin Luther King Day, blah blah blah, whatever." Yeah. And like, to, total, just gone. You just had ghosted. Two I guess. Hour and a half long conversations. Yep. You. Everything seemed pop. There's not even like. It's not, not like, even. It hadn't even gotten slightly even, negative or any, or there wasn't like a you went on a date and then she goes like or I don't know like there's no, not I just there was nothing. This doesn't actually add up. I mean, this is like I know I'm trying to understand. Like you're it's totally simply missing a big piece of the puzzle. Whether it's she did yeah. this to make her partner jealous and he found and it worked and sure, or something. But or something or she got in a, she dropped her phone in the toilet, got in a car accident, her mom. Got hit by a bus. Like, All those there things. There are a lot of yeah, yeah. wild things that could have happened. Yes. But knowing the dating culture, like that's that's the thing. If 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 I had blinders on and was only looking at this one interaction, it's inconceivable, right? This is a, a less than one percent thing had to have happened in order for this to be the outcome. But with without the blinders on and knowing dating culture as it is, this is the norm. Like this is actually this is actually how most things go. You're saying the more uh, likely thing is she she was like she was enjoying your company or or you know your the experience of Bennett and the experience of some other guy and then she just like maybe went on a date with them and decided oh I'm this is I just don't I'm just gonna see that one through and so instead of saying to you hey you know sorry yeah well just, 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 just I, didn't do anything <laughs> like, I mean oh. that probably that's the most probable thing but what's especially annoying is that one of one of the questions she asked me um, in one of those conversations was, what, what are your pet peeves? Which is, you know, a huge question to ask me. Yeah. But one of the things I said was ghosting and dating culture. And we talked about explicitly how no one is courteous anymore and how dating really sucks and how it's so easy just to say, oh, hey, I'm not interested and we're all adults and can handle it. So we like explicitly talked about that. And then she explicitly did that thing that we both agreed sucked. So that just kind of pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I simply don't get it. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like frustrated hearing every beat you told me was just like exceedingly positive I, I guess i haven't heard that story yet i've heard like after a date that seemed to go well but like i don't know there's just like untold or like i, I can't wrap well, my head yeah, around if, this one look if you 
I, I totally understand if you talk to someone and things are going well and then you go on a date and you're not feeling the chemistry in person, you know, like if you're not attracted to right. a person or whatever, and then you come back and say, oh, on second thought, I'm not interested. I enjoyed, you know, the date, but good luck. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. People have their preferences and that's totally fine. But but this is not, this doesn't fit that pattern. It also right? There's no you- additional information that she gained. Right. It puts you in a weird position of what do you, when do you bow out too? Because you're like, hey, like like you said, like uh, you know, maybe a day goes by and you go, oh, that's kind of weird, but like, I don't know. And so you reach out one more time, and then you wait a while, yeah, and then will, you reach out one more I, time, I, kind of thing. I don't I, know. Like I don't. Right. I'll I'll wait until there's a week of no communication, and I'll say, you know, I'll give one last charitable out and say like. Did you drop your phone in the toilet, or <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully nothing really bad happened to you. Yeah, just you know, hope if, everything's okay. Are you like you know, right? Like if uh, you know if something bad did happen, then you know do what you got to do and get back to me whenever you can. If not, and you ghosted me, then you're dead to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, just like I, I what if there's just, no point in being angry she, and vindictive? I so. know there's no point. It's just more like. What if she just said, uh, yeah, I uh, got a little anxious. I don't know. I have anxiety and like I really liked everything, but then it came time to actually do it. And I just kind of, I ghosted you for a little while because I didn't know what to do. And now I'm, I'd like to have another conversation. What if, what would you say to what? that? What? <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't, I, would, just, I wouldn't like that. Would you just say, like yeah, that well, that's too much anxiety. You know, that's not, I'm looking for someone who's a little, uh, who's not that fragile at this particular point in their life. Sorry. Bye. Or, or would you go, I mean, I I hate this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, Uh, now I'm entering into this with a waving red flag. That's just so massive. (laughs) Like, because you don't even know if that's true. That's just what you're being told by her. It's like, Hey, sorry, I was gone for a while. I just, you know, got anxious. And then, but then I realized, like, I missed our conversation. I mean, to or be to be know. fair, like one reason I'm willing to be a little charitable is this: uh, she just moved across the country to this area for um, for a job, and so she's like, she just moved after the new year, so she hasn't only been here for like two weeks, right? Yeah. And not from a cold place, so now she's in like the cold, snowy area with no friends here or anything. So I understand that it's stressful and she might have things going on. That's not a, quite a good enough excuse. Um, not quite. Not not enough for just no contact. It would be acceptable if she said, "Listen, I'm just overwhelmed right now. You know, can you give me some time or whatever?" That would be fine. Um, but like, I'm trying to allow for like she started the job and hated it and now is like freaking out and trying to get her life in order or something. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't seem likely, but whatever. That's well, I'm sorry, Bennett. <laughs> you know, like, like this, this is another story that would prime you to no matter how good something is going, you just don't, you just don't know like for a while. Yeah, man. Don't, like, yeah, I don't, don't, don't get your hopes up. I don't think that has been traditionally the case. I don't think, I feel like we live in an era in which, uh, you know, long ago, if people were expressing interest and had talked on the phone, it was like very confident it was heading in the right direction and go, going to something would emerge. And then, you right. know, going on a date or two would certainly be steps in that direction and you would know a lot more information afterward. Um, but now I, I'm under the belief that you could 
meet you should you could match with someone flirt with someone talk have longer conversations then go on three magical dates and then never hear from them again and i believe that that's yep. a narrative that is now like possible <laughs> it is possible it's like there's no inertia we, we're all kind of weightless just kind of floating around yeah i guess that's a good way not, to frame it is inertia not, like, yeah. it doesn't matter what happened before like it only matters what's happening in the exact moment and you just can't you can't predict what's coming down the road based on what happened in the past it just doesn't work there's no predictive mechanism and it used to be predictable inertia was a thing in relationships uh or at least in the in the dating world even in the uncertainty of the dating dating world you look for certainty in inertia you remove that that gauge for certainty and now like you feel weird because you might have had all green lights, all like f- waving, you know, flags of positivity. I don't know, and like, and then, and then it's just gone, and then it's just gone. <laughs> like it, it yeah, just totally me. gone. <laughs> really strange, really bizarre. Like I've, I've had a handful of kind of bizarre dating, you know, interactions in my life, and this one is, you know, like we never, we didn't actually meet in person, so it's hard to get that upset by it um but i mean this is weird i mean it's probably top 10 weird things just a strange turn I guess that's of why i'm i'm not like feeling a b- really bad for you because you invested a lot or whatever it's it's like you got excited and that sucks but it's not like this was devastating but it was but it's no. really bizarre to me <laughs> like two long conversations and then completely disappear because it, i it, it sounded more It'd be more believable if you said, and then all of a sudden her text got really boring and she was non-responsive sure. or slow, yeah. some some sort of exit strategy. But the complete positivity to nothing was like, I don't... Usually you can almost you can almost gauge the text, right? Like you're texting back Absolutely. long times and then, yeah. and then all of a sudden they're just like, they, they basically don't respond and then an hour later or, or some long amount later go, hey, sorry, I was busy. And you can just feel it, but they don't fully respond to whatever the conversation was. They don't even attempt to pick the energy back right. up. That's when yeah, you Yeah, the know. energy is just gone. Yeah. Yes. Right, and this wasn't like that. Even after the second conversation, like we, we exchanged a couple of texts that were ener- you know energetic and normal feeling. Um, and so... Like it doesn't follow. I like also some, believe you're something outside of my participation, see, or or else something I said in the conversation was a deal breaker that she just didn't acknowledge or and didn't react to for a while, which also doesn't seem to like a really slow make burn sense. or something. Yeah, later she realized, but like deal breakers yeah, shouldn't be slow burns. That's like the, that's kind of the point is that you've had these deep considerations, uh, and you've they are or they are not kind of thing. Um, Right. And I mean, it doesn't make sense, too, because our conversation, at least 20 percent of it was about deal breakers. Like we were explicitly trying to find things that would be deal breakers. Like I was asking her, like, um, you're addicted to any drugs. You ever been to jail? Like, you you know, all the stuff you've been married, all that kind of stuff. And like we were trying to find them and couldn't. And at least I was being honest on my end. So I guess there's the chance that. You know, she wasn't Maybe she was being like, yes, honest I am. on Yeah, I am end. addicted. Yeah, I have been to jail, but I'm going to say no for now. Then she, out of guilt, just can't can't burden you with her deal breakers, but can't yet own them to you either. I mean, that's a chance. I mean, I guess that's possible. I guess, just, I, what I will say I is that, and this is my opinion, is that you like 
these deal breaker conversations, like you match, things are going well, and you bring a certain intensity to it. And if that is a welcome thing, which it sounds like it absolutely was, you're both like participating and and engaged in the conversation, because that's a hurdle, right? Like maybe that's an off-putting. Someone wants to go, can't we just you know, figure these things out a little slower. I don't like the intensity. I, can, yeah, I mean, I think that's a valid thing to say if they are, but if they're into it, then, then like you've actually become more intimate quicker like, because yes, you're both right, fine right, right. with this. You're both like that. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like to try to get the deal breaker stuff out on the table early just cause I've had so much wasted time when you discover one later, but I can read, like I, I'm not, socially incompetent right in a conversation i can feel the energy of the conversation and i i can tell if you're not interested in talking about a thing i i I can manage in that space and it's not like i said hey let's talk about deal breakers like as soon as we picked up the phone it will you know we eased into it we talked for like 45 minutes about you know just just getting comfortable with each other in conversation and talking about the holidays and moving and all the all the snow and skiing and all that fun stuff. And then things naturally turn towards what we're looking for and deal breakers and so on. It was very natural. And like, she asked me questions too. So it wasn't one-sided. It wasn't me grilling her on, you know, all the right. stuff. It was, about, a, it was a about collaborative thing. That's what, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, that's why I'm saying it like to your, or to my befuddlement, like if she's totally into that, then, then we're like into like, you're, you're more, you're further along than two hour and a half long conversations with someone if both conversational partners are just kind of, you know, being light and yeah. flirty. Like you're bringing right, right. something to the table that says, I'm looking, are you? And and she's like, yes, let's look, like let's investigate this together kind of thing. Right, and so. that's that's how it felt. That's why I was like, I mean, these were top tier conversations. These were good, really good, pleasant um, conversations that got worthwhile stuff, worthwhile information exchanged, and they were fun. So, really, like I couldn't have found any fault with either with either one, which is why it's kind of kind of baffling. So, um, and then uh, I tried to turn around twenty twenty four by going skiing this past weekend, and I did. Ki- I had a good time, but it was kind of an annoying ski trip. Uh, I won't I won't complain too much about it since. Um, they're relatively minor complaints, but there was too much snow. There's too much Wait, snow to too ski. much. What ha- I thought there was no such thing. That's like what you're using to ski on. <laughs> yeah, well, I learned something too. Um, you can have too much snow. I, I think it's just because um, I'm not like an excellent skier. I'm like an intermediate level skier. And I guess just it so happens that in all my skiing experience over the years, I've never skied in a significant amount of fresh powder. Um, I thought and that's so, what you wanted. The idea was like this fresh, soft powder I thought, well, all of that. That's what I thought. That's what I've always thought. And whenever I have skied in like an inch or two of fresh powder, it's really nice. But this time there was like a lot of fresh powder. There was like 10 to 14 inches of fresh powder on the slopes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like well, what does that even mean? You're like, you're, like, you're like up to your ankle. Your skis have dipped down yeah. like a good just, 10 inches and like yes yeah they're under the snow and, that, and there's no preventing we, that i guess that's just how it it's like dig it, well skiing would be on top I mean, ideally that's i guess what you're saying is like to well you get can't started do it really on tough. powder yeah yeah you can't ski on top of powder like that like what happens is you know people ski on it or they groom it or you know it gets pushed down the hill and it 
it turns into relatively compacted snow. And that's what I'm used to skiing on is groomed snow. And that's, I guess, my favorite, or at least that's what I learned to ski on. And this time, maybe it just snowed too much the night before, or they didn't get out the groomers, or I don't know what, but most of the slopes were just a lot of powder. And it's really hard to ski down that because you, at least I don't know whether I'm about to hit a bump that I'm going to need to brace for, or whether it's just powder that I can ski through as if it's nothing. And, and then there's a lot more friction on your skis, which makes your turns different. It just changed the whole feel of skiing. And like, I'm, I say this not as a pro skier, but as an intermediate skier, like I think there are people who this truly is their favorite kind of ski conditions. And this is what That's they what live I was going to ask. They do like that. Some of them. Some, yeah, I think okay. so. I, I, I think this, I think I experienced what many people consider to be the ideal ski conditions. I'm just not used to it. And therefore I found it to be a less than ideal experience. My legs were killing me by the end of the day from trying to like plow my way through all of this snow without falling over. Um, and on top of that, it was extremely cold. It was like minus two degrees, uh, at the top. So miserable. And, and like my, uh, my clothing was, uh, just not quite sufficient for that level of cold. It did warm (laughs) up later in the day and I was comfortable, but in the morning, uh, and then, and on top of that, my boot was, they tightened it too tight. And so my, my right foot got totally numb. Like I couldn't feel my foot at all. And my very first, uh, my very first run, I went too far down one run until there was nothing but a black slope to get down. And so I was at the top at negative two degrees with only a black slope, the hardest slope on the way down with a numb foot. And so it was just and not good, ideal uh, sleeping or snow conditions. I almost said sleeping. No, not ideal snow conditions. It was really hard to get down that slope. So it was just a bad miserable. Now, <laughs> it did. It, it, it did turn around and it warmed up a little bit and the snow got compacted a little bit. I fixed my boot and I ended up having a nice day. So it wasn't all negative you know doom doom and gloom but uh i don't know man but still 2024 2024 freaking sucks just ruining things for me yeah your let's see your work got worse your travel got worse your relationships got worse and your entertainment got worse (laughs) you hit like big four areas of like of play like What's good about life? Well, having a great job and good relationships, having a lot of fun with your, you know, hobbies and entertainment, and uh, you know, getting your basic needs met, be able to get around, and you you just have had disruption on all fronts. So yeah, screw twenty. And it's only it's only January sixteenth. Yeah, so, you're right. Like, you're only God. sixteen days in. <laughs> so what's what's even coming next? I don't even know. Yeah, you're Jeez. half a month in. We'll see how. Uh, we should revisit this at the end of the year and see if like if it's true that twenty twenty four indeed got better. Yeah, I'm a I'm not really superstitious in that way. I I do look for patterns naturally. I'm just a pattern seeking type of person, and that tends towards superstition a little bit. But like when you get right down to it, like I'm not thinking like the rest of the year is you know is doomed because it started off this way. But you might uh-huh. be more inclined to say, oh, I've noticed that cold weather months tend to be worse de- uh, regarding these certain aspects of my life, like historically. You'd find that more convincing than 
this year sucked or this or which which is more yeah. convincing to you yeah that a year sucked or that like yeah, a particular group yeah, I mean, of months have I, this pattern of behavior yes well a, a year is relatively arbitrary i mean not totally arbitrary but re there's no reason why one particular year just the number uh, 2024 would be worse than 2023 or 2025 like obviously things, different things happen in different years, but the reason why things would be better or worse would be because of those things that happen, not because, you know, the number at the end of the, the well, right. And it, does, it makes sense that things would bunch. I mean, if it wasn't that, that year, like 2024, it was a 365 day period. If you say went through a bad breakup and you were all moody about it, and then you could lose your job and other relationships could suffer, you could have some sort of depression right, or like clump. things clump like yeah. that. So, uh, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, this year, no, there's no clumping going on. Like the things, the, the bad things are, have not been related Completely to each other whatsoever. Unrelated. Yeah, that's why you're actually like screwed. That's why you're actually cursed, you know? Because unrelated right, yeah, maybe events so. are, yeah, science. Yeah, you know, I did, now that I think about it, when I was home over the holidays, I walked under a ladder. Uh, I did do that. That makes a lot of sense so. now. Everything makes sense. I did it to myself. It's all my fault. <laughs> um, I have uh, one thing, aside from just catching up on the year and, and complaining about um, my miserable life. Um, <laughs> I did have one other topic I wanted to bring up to you. I think we, uh, I want to make it pretty brief. Um, I was going to try to make a big thing out of it, but I, I think I'm not going to do that anymore. So the topic is veganism. Uh, and I, what I really wanted to do was try to convince you to become a vegan, oh. uh, for 2024. Um, and so I spent some time looking, looking at all of the best vegan arguments. Um, and so I'm going to try to make some of these arguments to you and we'll, we'll just see if I can in the next 20 minutes or 25 minutes, convince you to become a vegan. Did the arguments shift you at all? Um, in the, uh, it, I'm, I'm not going to disclose that information at the, uh, at the start <laughs> okay. of this. All right, so I'm going to try uh, to convince you to become a vegan. I'm ready. Um, I want to begin by asking you whether you agree or disagree with this statement. Humans should not harm animals unnecessarily. I agree with that. At least that's my knee jerk. Yeah, why not? Why would I not like ne unnecessarily harming? Seems a little cruel and unusual. And uh, but mm -hmm. then you know, so yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah, well, exactly. That sentiment is what undergirds a lot of our laws against animal cruelty, and presumably you agree with the laws that we have against, you know, like torturing cats or dogs or any other animals, right? Uh, I don't know the cruelty laws inside and out, to be honest with you. But yeah, like if you're some, someone's like torturing animals and there's some sort of just pleasure twisted. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, do you agree that consuming animal products harms animals? Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> um, do you agree that consuming animal products is ultimately unnecessary no i mean what well 
Not, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, C- could you see a human society that doesn't eat meat? Like it, we know that it's vegans exist, right? There are people who live their lives without consuming yes. animal products, and they survive. Therefore, it is possible f- to survive right. without You're consuming right. a- animal it products. It is possible. Right? Yes. So consuming animal products is unnecessary. I I guess suppose you're right that in addition to taking some additional vitamins and iron and some other things, I think that like aren't in a naturally occurring diet. Uh, yeah, you don't have to. You do not. You clearly do not have to eat animals to live. Right. So I mean, if we take all of those statements together, then the logical outcome is that we should, if we're living in accordance with our morals and ethics, then we should all be vegans, right? We shouldn't consume animal products. I don't because Go ahead. But Well, because if harming animals unnecessarily uh, is wrong, which, which you agreed to, um, and consuming animal products harms animals, right? Then, then by logical... Uh, Inference or whatever the official term is that I forget, uh, consuming animal products is wrong, right? And it's unnecessary because it's unnecessary and right. Yeah. Um... So, like, what do you what what do you say to that? Like, why? Where's the flaw in that logic? Could you repeat that sentence? It cut out for a sec. Where's the flaw in that logic? I'm looking for it. Um... <laughs> To me, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm keenly aware that listening to me think quietly doesn't make for the best on-air time. <laughs> so <laughs> so like, it, it kind of disrupts me thinking deeply. Um, that's, that's fair. I think just because you're, you, uh, some things are true doesn't mean that they have, they should be implemented. Like, uh, like if I can agree with, like, ah, I had this thought before we went over, we went over this step by step. But if I don't, like, should you refrain and could I refrain are two vastly different questions. And it felt like you were saying, are these hypothetical, like, could you survive without eating meat? The answer is yes. And then you kind of let, you kind of turn, I felt like there was some finagling where now you're like, oh, well, you should then. If you could, then you should. Okay. And that's how it felt to so, me. But I need to revisit all right. that. Yeah. So you're suggesting um, that, uh, well, I'm putting forward an ideal. Uh, I'm, I'm saying ideally based on these ethical principles and the logic that follows from it, we would live in a vegan world, and you're agreeing with me, but you're saying that may that may be easier said than done. Am I kind of capturing I what am your, uh, your pushback is? An ideal in which we're not harming animals, and yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that ideal. I'm just, it's not like I'm joyfully loving that cows are slaughtered for my burger. I don't. I mean, I can. I will joke about that, probably just to be a little bit edgy, but I don't actually like the death of animals <laughs> you know there's not a joy there i just kind of mm-hmm. accept it as a circle of life type thing that like you know 
Yeah. So if that's the so all right, so your your kind of uh, resistance to becoming a vegan personally is what is was well, too much work or um it's it's, it's not comfortable or what, honest, what is the a lot of it's there? culture i love my food it's cult i'm culturally situated in a position that like if if in order to get the best diet and uh yeah the optimum diet in terms of taste and health uh would not be the vegan diet and uh and that's purely a selfish decision um like like where you could really start convincing me is maybe to eat a little less meat and cut back on meat and i'm i like you probably i probably i might oh i I suspect i over consume meat and so like I'm, i'm i'm amenable or i'm suggestible even to um that like something about sustainability and doing my part like i don't i'm not resistant to those arguments but uh if you're saying like oh it's it's mean to cows or it's unnecessary like their life is meaningful and and to some degree precious it's just not that precious <laughs> you know <laughs> like and i'm serious i think we do have to talk in scale we can't act as yeah. if every living thing on the planet is so holy and we should have reverence and that reverence means whatever I want my reverence to mean, you know, we've got to put them on, you know, silk bed sheets. That's where the, how they should sleep. Like where does like you start implementing this really movable scale. So clearly like not killing them is different than saying they should sleep on, you know, fitted sheets and stuff. But, but I'm just saying like, there's a scale of reverence and I'm like, well, we shouldn't kill them unnecessarily, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't kill them. There's a giant leap to that too. So, well, I mean, the logical argument that I laid out doesn't it doesn't leave much wiggle room there, right? Like we, I, I laid out what you would consider an ideal, and you agreed with the ideal, and so shouldn't the position of you know both you know, f- from every level of organization, from the humanity level to our current society level to you personally, shouldn't we all be striving towards that ideal? Um. Yeah, yeah. Well, dang it, I'm a vegan, I guess. Um, Man, I didn't think I could do it in one argument. No, I. I just okay. I I arguments from the ideal actually mean less and less to me. Um, you know, like like I. Let me give you an example. You could probably argue from an ideal that the like independent schools harm school systems um that school systems that are publicly funded or we've agreed as a society we have these school systems and then independent schools said hey this is screwed up i can do it better and they do do it better and kids that get to Mm -hmm. go there have sort of an unfair advantage and all of that's like plausible if not completely true to me and i will do everything in my power to get my kid that advantage like like i will like I will work and not feel and like not feel that guilty about it. I feel like some degree of you know yeah. sucks that not everyone has that opportunity. Um, but the idea of not working to get my kid an advantage in life or myself an advantage is like inherently like you stop trying to convince me not to like try to do the best for myself. Uh, so <laughs> isn't that 
I understand that argument, but isn't that an argument for veganism? Like if we compare the analogies, like we, we recognize the ideal in the education system might be closer to the independent school model. Like there's a better way to do it than public education. And so you're saying push forward on the independent school model and the the old way of doing it, the public education system model, will suffer. And maybe that's how it no, should the, be because no, the it's ideal, not as good. The idea would be the public school system is fine and it just keeps being hurt by things like the independent school system so the ideal would be to close down the independent school systems all those parents and all that money and all those things get like now shuffled into the the, like the public school system would be just fine if it weren't for like all these barriers and like like if you remove our caring our smart kids and our caring parents like yeah of course it's going to struggle and do all these things but like if we just so like if the ideal is veganism or like like you're kind of like the reality is like we live in a culture that has all this meat consumption and stuff and and so uh, I don't I'm gonna eat my meat like personally <laughs> until it becomes cheaper and healthier uh, to do so. Okay. So I'd like to so I'd like to address the cheap and healthy issues. Okay. Um, because the you know, I'll address the and cheap issue first. I suppose on some level, but go ahead. I mean, veganism is cheaper uh, than than a, a, a diet full of meat, right? Like from the agricultural standpoint, the way things work right now is we grow a bunch of grain and corn and plant products, which we then feed to animals to raise them and then slaughter them so that we can eat their meat. And there's energy loss in that chain because – we could just grow that grain and corn and whatever and eat it directly, and then we get those calories, and there's no energy loss. So there's inefficiency in our food production system because we're we're using animals as an <laughs> intermediary store of energy. I mean that's just the fact of the matter. That's not that's not up for debate. I mean even a non-vegan would say, well, yeah, I can't argue with that, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean if strongly it, like yes in the ideal form it is less it is it is less expensive because it's cutting out you know some inefficiencies to my plate I, I guess yeah, I mean you, is that what you're saying Well I I don't know why you're laughing I'm not making a funny point like I'm not I'm not trying to make some but absurd I'm saying, point like a, I'm I saying guess, I guess in the rooted in the real world I was thinking about veganism and why it's more expensive like any beyond meat or any vegan frozen meal is like twice the freaking price you want to buy queso right. well, or you because... want to buy nut based queso it's like disgusting and it take costs twelve dollars versus my six dollar you know delicious queso that kind of stuff. Um, so, but it's, it is because veganism is always attempting well, to queso, create products that resemble our like yes. dairy and meat based world. Yes. yes. So if it were just yeah, like that, me that's eating right. kale, like, yeah, it'd be cheaper. Yeah. Right. You could eat beans and rice, you know, red beans and rice or a salad or, I mean, there are a lot of natural fruits and veggies, natural options that are not animal product based that I you can eat getting a that little can be delicious this discussion it's kind of funny <laughs> like i don't get angry Why? because lots of things but like because but, i'm winning because i'm converting you into being a no vegan? it's actually pushed no uh <laughs> no uh maybe i just have more an anti-bias against this well no i'm not i just i think we're under 80 okay let's say we did this let's say i just ate like crappy food it would be a real 
the, I think the joy of food consumption. Wait, wait, is, when you say crappy food, what do you mean? I mean vegan boring. Food or... Yeah, vegan. If I were to eat rice and beans, which is not rice and be like, I feel like I would have a limited diet. Uh, and maybe, maybe, maybe that's not true. Um, I'm trying to think. Look, of, there are a ton. I mean, look, there are a ton of different kinds of grains and, and like, <laughs> our yeah and fruits totally. and vegetables and yeah. leaves and stuff that you can eat and then you've got all the fake vegan food the fake queso and all that see i'm not if i was trying to make the strongest argument for veganism that i could which is what i'm trying to do i would not put impossible burger and fake queso and stuff i wouldn't hinge my arguments on that although i do have an argument that t touches on that tangentially that's not where I would go. Like truly it's that all of the real quote unquote real food, the real queso that uses dairy or your real meats or whatever, it results in the unethical treatment of animals, the things that we agreed on earlier that, that were unnecessary and unethical. Why does unnecessary equate to unethical? No, it's not. It doesn't equate to that. They are both, they're both descriptors of what's going on. It's, it's unethical because it causes harm to uh, – well, the first the first uh, component in that logical statement that I read you is that do you agree or disagree that humans shouldn't harm animals unnecessarily? Now, you can make an argument that harming animals necessarily, right. you know, that is ethical. Maybe a bear is attacking you or something, right, and you're shooting it in self-defense or something like that. Or you're starving out on the – savannah and there's nothing yeah. you know there's nothing you can do except for eat an animal then that's ethically justifiable to to kill another animal but but we're humans we've advanced to the level where we have agriculture um we have all of these uh societal institutions and mechanisms and technology that can allow us to gain the calories and nutrients that we need without inflicting this harm on animals therefore it's unnecessary and the harm is there which is bad so we shouldn't do that right we shouldn't do that thing i I think I'm trying to think then I'm trying to present the is there some such a thing as ethical hunting not even hunting for sport but you are hunting for I mean some sense of pleasure but not for, for trophy hunting and it's like you are consuming the animal afterward and there is some sense of population control and so there seems to be uh, I'm I'm trying to find why that's an ethical violation other than you didn't have to do it so so it, but it doesn't seem that it was so just because it was unnecessary doesn't mean it was unethical so I, I'm you keep it's unethical because we could do there is an alternative what is what is the why is it unethical so I sorry harming, I'm just getting hung up I'm trying to listen to all your points and juggle right. them I just feel like there's something like I'm not landing on me why is it unethical I get that it's not necessary but that leap to unethical and, uh, yeah so it would it it would be more desirable to not inflict pain on a cow than to inflict pain on a cow would you agree with that It'd be preferable yeah. to avoid inflicting pain on some other living creature. Yeah. Right. And is death, maybe you have to I do it death is if it's painful. Are we assuming that too? Or. Um. Okay. Well, you wouldn't want to inflict death on another creature either, right? Yeah. I mean, death. Whether it's death or pain, those are the negative outcomes that you would prefer to avoid inflicting on something else. Yeah. Right. 
and and it's unethical because we still do that. We take that undesirable path, even when we can avoid that path. Okay. So that's Maybe. that's why the unnecessary. So we can avoid, but at what cost of avoiding that path? Like, what is the cost of well, avoiding I mean, that path? Uh, that's a legitimate question, um, and that's why I brought up the you know the issue or the fact that you know we as a society we're we're advanced now. We have agriculture and technology. We can generate impossible burgers. Not that that's what I would put forward as our primary food source, but we can even do that. Like science has taken us so far that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, of vegans, you know, in our country living a vegan lifestyle perfectly fine. And it seems that we're so on the cusp of lab for us. meat, by the way. Like if we're on sure. the cusp, then right. that like really, you know, of course they can all rejoice because they can eat, you know, something that tastes like meat and is, or that is yeah. meat, I suppose. <laughs> At that point, they, yeah. So, anyway. so, so we, have an, we have an ethical decision in front of us, right? We can do the harmful things of inflicting pain and death on animals, or we can not do that thing and that maybe you know 150 years ago uh, that that question there would have been more cost to being vegan right because you can't easily acquire as easily acquire the nutrients that you need but today we can and so there's less and less of a reason not to be a vegan today um uh, so maybe maybe i am uh in theory should be a vegan, and then, I, but I won't be. And I guess if you were to investigate me, it, but if you, if I investigate it, or I won't currently be, and I won't, I won't in the near future be. Uh, and that might be due to some hypocrisy or some entrenched cultural views, um, or yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it, so, this might be one of my blind well, spots where I'm like, ah, well, you mm -hmm. know, uh, like, and I'm not, not that, I can't. Can we be interested in, like, if I want to improve myself, and I do, by the way, uh, and I want to uncover blind spots, maybe I go, well, that's kind of a blind spot, but I'm not that interested in seeing the whole picture because I just really enjoy <laughs> a burger. And, like, really, I just say there's so many blind, other blind spots, too. I'll just go look at another one. And so maybe this is just an example of my, my, uh, my bias and my, like, comfortable cultural positioning where I'm enjoying a good burger. And uh, I'll hmm. eat a little less, but uh, I, like maybe maybe I should be more bothered if I'm being in, inconsistent. But yeah. I, I I suspect uh, yeah I, maybe I don't know I suspect somehow you'll you'll help me see some of these logical inconsistencies that you're you're, you're whatever rhetorical tricks you're playing on me. But I'm, I'm not playing rhetorical tricks. I'm I don't just think you are. I'm, I'm just, just giving. Like, so I'm not tricking you. I'm be. trying to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to give you the best vegan arguments that I can. Well, you've given me a solid one, so I should become it, but I'm not going to. And like me not going to because of this conversation would suggest that I'm, you know, a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of sucks that I'm a little hypocritical. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why don't Why don't you? Huh, well, we're, we're, let's turn this. Like I don't. I mean, like. Why, oh, come why on now. This... That's th all right. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, I confronted the argument. Um, I'm not convinced by, I'm not totally convinced by the first assertion of the logical argument. Humans shouldn't harm animals unnecessarily. Like, 
a lot of the vegan arguments that I read tried to present the spectrum of life, right? Where plants are on the low end of that spectrum. They can't feel pain. They don't have consciousness and so on. And then animals are kind of in the middle and they're on a, like fish are down closer to plants, but then like, you know, primates are up at the top kind of near us. And then there's, and then humans are just the next step along that very smooth spectrum of what, what, what it's okay to eat or harm. And that doesn't seem right to me. To, to me, it seems like uh, more of a, a, a binary separation or maybe even a trinary separation where <laughs> the gap between the gap between plants and animals is really large and just as large, if not larger, is the gap between animals and humans. Like to me, humans are, it's not a difference of degree. It's a difference in kind. Like we have something unique that animals and plants don't have. Um, I appreciate you can call that. that you can call that a soul. Or you can call that consciousness. You can call that a spark of divinity. You can call it whatever you want. But there's something that we have that that nothing else does. Nothing else that we've ever encountered in the whole universe has what we have. And a vegan might claim that this is a very arrogant, um, anthropocentric argument to make. But they can claim that all they want. They have no evidence to the contrary. Right. Um, yeah. And so I think that, um, it, yeah, sure, it's preferable not to inflict that pain and death on a cow. But how, what, what's the extent of that preference? Um, and this is going to sound really callous, but it is just, I think the, the pleasantness of eating a really good burger for 200 people or however many burgers can come out of a cow justifies killing the cow. Like, I think that that balances out. Uh, I don't see it as an ethical uh, problem to consume meat if humanity is getting enough benefit from it. I agree with everything you said. Uh, I think, anyway, I, I do think it's a... The trick then is saying, well, grass and, and flowers and plants, those are really alike. And then you, once you get into animal territory, like a cow has a lot of similarities to a human. So therefore, like on the scale, when you start thinking, there's a huge divide between plants and animals. But an we're just animals. Categorically, that's true, you know. Uh, and like yeah. a cow has eyes and a nose and a mouth and a tongue and all these things. And yeah, it might not be as smart as you, but that doesn't mean it's undeserving. But you're... You're saying, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just because it has some of these, you know, yeah. sensory intakes doesn't mean, like, just because it has some of these these five senses doesn't mean it's somehow on our level. It's not even a it, even speaking in levels is like a miscategorization of the conversation. It's a whole different kind of thing, and uh, right. I think in my core, I believe that. Uh, because it, I guess at my core, if I didn't, if I truly believed a cow was pretty similar to me, I would be a whole lot more sympathetic to, you know, just like true hippie types who like cry at the yeah. death of a cow. And I don't take it seriously because I don't believe we're near there. I mean, I mean someone going yeah. up and punching a cow in front of me would be like, why are you doing that? Like In the same way you step on an ant, maybe, like possibly anyway. Like, why are you, why are you... <laughs> 
unnecessarily crushing that ant. Uh, right. I do feel well, that imagine... to some degree. Like, don't don't just squash that ant for no reason. But sure. if it's squashing that cockroach that's in our place, yeah, get get that out of here. You know, it death upon well, it. Uh, <laughs> so. um, imagine imagine that. Um, you know, you're walking down the sidewalk or down the side of a road or whatever next to a farm field, and there's an old elderly farmer, and he's got his cow out there by the fence or whatever, right? And you're having a nice day, and maybe he waves, how you doing there, Sonny? And then some passerby out of nowhere <laughs> comes running up, and he just clocks the cow in the face, right? Just bam, punches the cow. You would be a little upset. Yeah. You would you would object to that situation, but now that's situation A. Now situation B, totally identical, except the passerbyer comes flying from nowhere and clocks the farmer. Like, how would your reactions yeah. compare between A and B? Now, the the first one, I'm rolling my eyes and I'm going dumbass, you know. And the second one, right. I'm I'm interfering or like I have some right, moral right. obligation. So yeah, morality is really kickstarted. And the other one, I might. I wonder why I feel bad at all. I guess. Like life means something, and I will say there's a difference yeah. between like cutting down a tree. I don't feel like you could say like, oh, there's an environmental something or other, but I don't feel the sort of life. It's true, technically, a life has ended if you cut down a, a, a live tree. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but I don't feel in any way. Whereas, I guess because there, I guess I'm trying to say that. Like, a cow having eyes and a tongue and all that does mean a little something to me. Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think like you don't, we as humans don't want to inflict suffering on other living creatures. Like that's not, that's not our goal. I think there is like, there is some ethical component. Like there are really, um, you know, factory farms and all, all the stuff that the that the vegans bring up in their arguments about um, it, killing you know, young calves if they can't produce milk or baby chicks and the male chicks and all of that stuff does seem wasteful. There's a lot of inefficiency in the way that we go about producing our food and I would be on board with changing some of that stuff for the better. But on the other hand, I think that as humans, we have a special place in the world. We're unique organisms compared to trees and animals and so on. And it's our job to make order out of the chaos of nature to some extent. Like that's what our society is about is taking the wilderness and making order out of it. And if you think about it that way, chopping, clearing some land to build a house is really no, you know, manipulating the matter of the world, the wood and the leaves and the soil is really no different than moving some cows around and then chopping up, chopping them up for meat and consuming (laughs) it. Like they're, they're both, they're both making some kind of order out of the nature that surrounds us in order to um, improve humanity. And I don't see much ethical difference between those. You can, you, you can behave unethically in both situations, right? You can clear, you can strip land so that erosion destroys the, the suitability of the land and you can unethically use trees and you can do a, you know, a cruel factory farm and unethically use cows. It's possible to do both, but it's also possible to ethically do both. So do you think then if if they were going for effectiveness that vegans could find even with someone like you, Bennett, who is just like not going to be convinced by their arguments, but like they might 
you, I mean, you noted that you have something deep and, and profound in common with them about like working together to like stop this sort of unnecessarily cruel stuff. And so like they've made a mistake by going, you need to believe that they are basically on par with us and have a soul and you need to stop now. And they throw in paint or, you know, all the, like, they're just so, mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, whatever, like ignore them, basically Sh- stay away. Like We're so separate that we don't see the world through the same lens whatsoever. And that's the shame in the discussion is like, like their inability to sort of, I guess, if, if they were just like going, okay, fine. We don't see eye to eye on the, the soul of the cow, <laughs> but, but like we can't, there's a lot more common ground than we think they would have made more progress, you know? Um, so they're just, they're lobbying, uh, an ineffective argument, uh, by and large. <clears throat> yes. I, I think there are many, I, I chose the most effective arguments that I could to present to you. There are plenty of, un, you know, less effective ones, um, as well that I'm not convinced by whatsoever. Um, but I picked the ones that I thought were the strongest. I think that that logical argument is the strongest one I've ever heard, um, for veganism. I mean, it's pretty strong and I still am wrestling with the idea that like, you shifted to a different thing when you talked about differences of kind and, and not of scale um, or degree. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm looking at a cow and going, how 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 divine am I willing to consider a cow? <laughs> like, like right? Like that's the kind of thing. How how much am I willing to say? There's some uncertainty about its uh, ability to to relate to the world there's like lots of uncertainty uh and if it were just a little bit more if it were a little bit more sophisticated it could let me know that and so it's probably not that sophisticated it's pretty safe to say it's not that dang smart or conscious or whatever uh it's inability to communicate that lack of consciousness Uh, but the more i do think the more an animal suggests a complex level of consciousness then the more we should like be considerate and, and, and uh, more uh, hesitant to uh, inflict harm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, like, again, all our conversations of, like, did you hear this monkey can do sign language and stuff? Uh, yeah, it's not good enough. It's, it's, it's wildly far apart. I mean, you know, mimicking things to get to meet base instincts and desires and impulses is so much different than... making a podcast yeah then making a podcast and all that goes into that so yeah 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 there's a big difference now i I will briefly uh, before we wrap up just just make one more argument that i found i won't say persuasive but um at, at least pleasant to think about so veganism provides an avenue for science that's the argument so you you brought up the impossible burgers and the fake queso and lab-grown meat earlier. Yeah, well, these are these are relatively new uh, technologies or products or inventions or however you want to classify them. I, I would say that the vegan food industry is in its infancy, and because it hasn't gotten a lot of buy-in, it you know there hasn't been money poured in. Certainly not to rival you know uh, agriculture and farming, you know meat farming and all of that stuff. Like it's a it's a tiny, minuscule little slice of the economy, but 
there's the potential there that you know if we can make if Burger King now sells an Impossible Whopper, which they do, and some people order it, which they do, and presumably some people enjoy it if they continue to order it. I mean, this is the first step in potentially having delicious, legitimate vegan food, yeah. right? And so, like, science could potentially progress down this pathway where we have a smorgasbord of <laughs> non-animal product-based delicious foods. Um, oh, it is pleasant. And that's a good future, right? That's a future that we would prefer to go to, assuming that these foods that we create are actually healthy and nutritious. No, you're right. Like, that um, is really And taste pleasant. good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then and then we don't have to we don't have to get down into the weeds about the ethical nature of harming animals or whatever because naturally people would just gravitate towards this food that is healthier and tastes good. I guess that's that's my dream is to have delicious food, whether it's been scientifically engineered or not, that it, that is healthy. Like if you were to offer mm-hmm. a lot of superpower drawback kind of stuff, like if you were saying eating, like it was just whatever you ate was optimally healthy and like delicious and going to make you feel good. And it tasted like whatever you wanted it to be. You could eat a burger and it would, you could eat anything you wanted and it just tastes, or it's super healthy for you. Um, God, that, that I'm, I'm putting that at like a seven or eight on the, uh, on the scale of superpower uh, appeal to me. Like I would, I want that so badly for myself to just have. Mm-hmm. So, so and science could conceivably make that happen you know they just manipulate things to be the molecules it needs to be but also the tastes uh, are there too so i love that idea and that, that titillates that for me it really does right so. and i mean i think that's the kind of the vegan dream too and i think you know like you pointed out the there's the crazy vegans that throw paint on stuff and lay down in highways and they're totally ridiculous and they're doing more harm to their cause than they are doing good to their cause they're just stupid yeah. And then I think that there are there are really intelligent ways to pursue if you truly have the the moral belief that consuming animal products is bad you're just you're not going to get everyone on your bandwagon with these arguments about cows you know having souls and and everything like that but you might you you don't have to convince everyone if you can make an alternative to meat that is just as tasty and cheaper and better in every way. Like if you can beat cows, if you can beat a steak with your vegan food, then you'll win. That's you'll the win real this way to win. Yeah. is to just invest yeah. in the delicious food. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I'm not morally invested in killing cows. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't say, Oh, it's morally good to kill cows. Let's go out and do it. I, I eat steak because it's freaking delicious. It's my favorite food. And if you can make me a, a steak that doesn't come from a cow that tastes just as good or better, then I'm going to say, okay, I'll eat that yeah. instead. And like, I'm not going to argue with that because I'm not invested in killing the cow. I'm invested in having a delicious meal. That is pleasant to think about. We're away, away from that, but like, it could trend in that direction. Yep. Um, one final closing thought, one argument to why you should become a vegan uh, and why everyone should become a vegan. Because if everyone becomes a vegan, then the vegans will finally shut up. <laughs> I, I, and wouldn't that be a wonderful I, world? I've, literally, I've heard a comedian say, like, this is, you know, 10 years ago, but like, 
you know, all the all the potheads legalize marijuana. I just want to legalize it just so they'll shut up. They'll have nothing to talk about. They'll never have anything to talk about. What what would they possibly say? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that that idea is funny. <laughs> it's like, we're all vegans. What do you what do you want? Like, what would they now say? What? What, yeah. What do you want? What do you what do you have to say? What? <laughs> they would all just get on their bike, their bicycles, and go road cycling. After that, that's what they would do. They're all the same. That Venn diagram is a circle: vegans and cyclists. They would start complaining about cars hogging the road. Yeah, is what they yeah. would do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all. That's all. Do 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 do. Bye.